what's going on everyone thank you for joining us for another episode of our podcast i'm les and i'm mo and this is the less and mo show what is up everyone how's it going we're ready to have some fun this episode and we hope you are too since last week was a really heavy episode we're gonna take it a step back and have some real fun this week by discussing ufo crashes yes let's do this i know mo's super excited for this i already know this is a very fun topic especially because there's a lot of conspiracy behind a lot of that stuff yes um i love aliens i think aliens are real I feel like we're going to meet them anytime now. And they've yeah. been around for a really long time. Yeah. And everybody keeps it, the government, I should say, keeps it so hush hush and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. there's got to be something going on. I there. mean, this this is a topic that is considered a conspiracy. A lot of people, some people believe that it's, it's like the flat earth thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But there's proof with that one. There's not, we don't get a lot of proof with this one because the government <laughs> does not like to share, but whatever. So basically, we'll be covering the um, Cape Girardeau, Missouri crash, which happened first. Then it, it happened before Roswell, which is awesome, I think, because, you know, Roswell got all this attention, but it's supposed to be, you know, the first real interaction we have with aliens. Mm-hmm. But this one in Cape Girardeau happened first. So we're going to talk about that. Then Cape we're Girardeau, go- Missouri. Cape Girardeau, Missouri, yeah. Then we're going to go to Roswell, New Mexico. And then after that, we're going to touch um, on Kingman, Arizona. Yes. So and the cool. Cape Girardeau location was actually very hard to find information on. I mean, this was this was basically considered a cover-up. A lot of people were sworn into secrecy, which, I mean, they did with the other two as well. Yeah. But, you know, it's not a heard of. Not a lot of people know about that crash. Yeah. So, uh, but thanks to author Paul Blake Smith, the author of MO41, we were able to kind of piece up the story and, and come up with an idea of what actually happened. And the crash took place in late April 1941. The main source in the story is a lady by the name of Charlotte Mann, whose grandfather was a pastor, William G. Huffman. And he was allegedly you know, a, wit- a witness to this crash site. So they called him the day of the crash to come over there and to pray over these victims. <laughs> and when he got there, he said that he found three bodies and one they were shot. all aliens. Two of them were deceased and the last one was still alive. So he claims to have seen, you know, seen this yeah. in person. Um, he also claims that he saw a round silver disc, which is probably their flying saucer, Typical. as they called it back yeah. in the day, yeah, and debris at, in the crash site. There was no airplane. He thought it was it was an airplane crash, and when he got there, it was it was his mind was blown. Yeah, I mean, what a shock when you're thinking you're going over to a crash site. You're clearly not thinking, oh, an alien UFO crash. Like you're <laughs> you're probably thinking, you know, it's a plane <clears throat> crash because what was flying around in the air back then? Well, Planes. exactly. This was probably the first ever time humans like seeing this type of stuff yeah it, it damn there was well no movies be. about this stuff back then yeah you probably had no idea what they were yeah this is it's just crazy to me that that's what 
he stumbled upon, you know, but Smith would recount in his book that Huffman would kneel down above these extraterrestrials to give them their final rites. He would also go on to describe the aliens as being three to four feet tall with gray skin, black eyes and long, thin arms and legs, which obviously this sounds like what we call grays today so the creature that was found alive at the scene would end up dying um from its injuries and he died right in front of huffman so the story goes but as for the spacecraft the reverend detailed seeing the craft cracked open and inside there were gauges seeds and hieroglyphics etched into the silver band of this cockpit So, of course, soon the military would arrive and they would collect all the evidence and the bodies that pertain to the crash. And they would even force everyone who was there to secrecy. It was kept so quiet, guys, besides the rumors, obviously, that were going through the town, you know. So my question is, where does this evidence go? Yeah. Does it go to a military base nearby? There's plenty in Missouri area, and area 51. Illinois. Yeah. Now. Does it get flown out there? Like, where's the military documentation behind this? Like, there was even a local news station in Cape Girardeau that reached out to the FBI and the Air Force, and they said the same thing. We don't have any information of this. Yeah. So. I mean, there was a lot of people involved. There's no way. Why would you need all this attention for this one? Cra- if it was a simple air, I mean, not a simple airplane crash, but if it was an airplane crash, why was so much media and military involved with the crash? And you know what I think is like interesting though? Like his description of what aliens has, have been described as mm-hmm. by other people who've, you know, witness, witnessed aliens or whatnot, it's consistent. Yeah. How, you know, they're grays, three to four feet tall, and then the hieroglyphics. I mean, the yes. hieroglyphics have been involved since, like, you know. I've pyramids. always enjoyed that because my favorite conspiracy theory with aliens is that they worked with the ancient Egyptians to construct the pyramids as power um, sources for them. They were very involved with ancient Egypt. And that's my opinion. I mean, there's a lot of conspiracies about that. And I happen to believe it's true. So UFO yeah. crashes and aliens working together. Yeah. So makes sense. You know, that that leads us to the most famous UFO crash of all. And that is the Roswell, New Mexico crash, uh, which took place in 1947. Um, during this time, there were hundreds of reports. People were seeing UFOs everywhere. And it was very weird because it was really hot like just around this specific period of time when this crash took place it's like they were doing something and those reports too started coming in after the cape Girardeau incident it was like the beginning of that to the roswell incident so yeah i feel like those uh the aliens that they found uh cape Girardeau were like Mm -hmm. the guinea pigs like, yeah. yo, you two go first. Yeah, you guys go then, on down there and crash your plane and let's see what happens. Let's watch how these humans <laughs> interact with you. Like, it's either funny. that or there's a pact. Like, I mean, hey, they probably, well, we'll get into this a little bit later. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so there was a couple who was actually camping out near where the wreck took place. And uh, they went to investigate the crash site. And they claimed that there were alien bodies in the aircraft. Also, a man named William Brazel's account would be one of the most credible stories. 
So the crash took place in Lincoln County, New Mexico, about 75 miles north of Roswell. And it was discovered by Brazel on the ranch that he owned. And he said he found a large area of just this bright wreckage, you know, made up of rubber strips, tin foil, and a rather tough paper and sticks. That's so weird. That's such a weird yeah, description. That's a weird group of things to make a spaceship. <laughs> like, Well, no, I mean, like <clears throat> a tough paper. Yeah, a lot of people have claimed that, like yeah. a really tough material that doesn't, like you can crumple it up, but it goes straight again, or you can bend it, but it goes straight again, and it's it doesn't break, you know? Yeah, it's almost like that uh, metal in Black Panther vibranium. Yeah, yeah, very Like a very powerful type that, of metal that they say. make their weapons and their armor out of. Yeah, well, and that's probably why, like, if this is happening and there are these pieces of metals and objects that we have no comprehension that, of yeah, they're not yeah. man-made they're not of this earth then of course the and, government's going to want to keep all of that mm-hmm. crap and they're going to want to try to recreate it and be you know the big powerhouse of the world and so you know what's funny specifically from this crash do you know who tom DeLong is yeah the blink 182 yeah. yeah so he claims and this is almost everywhere yeah the he claims to have a p some sort of metal from this crash this roswell crash and he has it in his possession. Um, and apparently he is working with some agency. I'm not sure if they're a government agency or a private agency. But they're basically studying this metal. And they've determined that it's not from Earth. Wow. Like, this metal cannot be from Earth. How the heck did the guy from Blink-182 <laughs> get his hands on something so substantial? I, I don't I know. That's crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. Like, Blink-182 is successful, but were they that successful that this dude can get it and Elon Musk can't? Like, well, what? you know, he probably knew someone, but... <laughs> So wow. that 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 I think is crazy, but it is. back to the crash now. Let's see. So Brazel, um, he found the wreckage. He found the wreckage, and then he claimed that he had never heard of flying saucers at that time. Which again, hey. this was Cape Girardeau had happened just a few years before, so it's pretty fresh in our in these people's minds. Like you know, they're not used to it. Yeah. And the excitement grew more and more. Witnesses came forward. A lot of people were reporting this crash. And Brazel knew that he had to take some kind of action to spread the truth. So him and his wife and his children would collect debris from the wreckage and they would even turn it into the sheriff. And his name was George Wilcox. Wilcox then decided to contact the colonel at Roswell Army Airfield and William Blanchard was his name. So Blanchard would then decide to send some of his officers so obviously sending his officers is going to get the attention of the town folk and obviously that would start the rumors and speculation of this happening yeah i mean imagine that happening in any neighborhood right yeah a bunch of army tanks and stuff roll up on a property of your neighbor and you're like what is going on here you know sure but it was even said that these military men of roth would collect the saucer from this location. So Roth, the Roswell Army Airfield um, official Walter Hot, even issued a statement during a press release. And you guys, this is a direct quote from Walter Hot um, that he released in that press release. And it is, the many rumors regarding the flying disc became a reality yesterday when the intelligence office of the 509th bomb group of the 8th air force of roswell army airfield 
was fortunate enough to gain possession of a disc through the cooperation of one of the local ranchers and the sheriff's office of Chavez County. So he's basically stating there Mm -hmm. that, yeah, this did happen. We were there on the scene and we were able to collect this wreckage. Yeah, I don't know why there's a lot of mixed information out there about this. Well, there were many reports of intelligence agents and witnesses who had taken the hidden debris from the crash site before they even got there. And they would even show their families, yeah, and tell their sides of their involvement with the investigation. So one of which that like stuck out the most to me was named Jesse Marcel, who was basically a major in the army and was one of the intelligence officers who was dispatched to the scene. His son, who was 10 at the time, said that his father showed him parts of the wreckage he had taken from the crash. So he would recount this. Yeah, that one of the items had even had um, hieroglyphics on it, which you already know I'm all about. And this only fueled the rumors and speculation even more. I can imagine that happening, man. You, well, yeah. People, people definitely took some stuff from that crash. Well, okay, so like it. this big crash happens, and you know people are witnessing this. You're seeing some kind of maybe even an explosion, if you will. But oh, like yeah. you're seeing yes. something come from the sky to the ground, making an impact. I'm sure it made a loud noise as well. So what's the first thing you do? Go we got to go check this out. You're not, you're probably not thinking, hey, it's this flying saucer and aliens. You're probably thinking, shit, maybe they're survivors and we can go yeah. help them. But, you know, the I, I don't doubt that there were people that were there that got these pieces. But the um, next day after the crash, the army would release a statement. So this is after um, HOT released his statement saying, hey, yeah, this happened. We were there. We can, you know tell you that this happened that next day the army released a statement opposing what they said and they (laughs) would go on to say that there were no extraterrestrials and the crash was simply a weather balloon yep (laughs) they were doing a lot of that as well yeah but i don't believe it i don't either that's bullshit and they they've proven that there was no weather balloon Mm -hmm. that was even flying that day so so things started to die down but not forgotten 31 years after the incident, a nuclear physicist would spark excitement and interest when he personally interviewed Major Jesse Marcel. Marcel was quick to say that the wreckage was something not of this world and the government had held him to secrecy. The interview was so compelling that in the 1980s, the book Roswell Incident, The Roswell Incident, was written and based off of Marcel and other witness accounts. The explanation was simple. There was a cover-up and the crash happened. In 1994, the government would issue a statement saying, no, the weather balloon story wasn't real, and they only used it as a cover-up to hide a top-secret project they were conducting called Project Mogul. They would also state that the wreckage found at the crash site was merely microphones on balloons, used to detect sound waves made by the Soviet atomic bomb. So more and more witnesses started to come forward, and that is when the conspiracy started. Since Marcel was included in this cover-up and soar into secrecy, his story is extremely credible and believed to be true by many. Today, the conspiracies live on, and Roswell attracts many visitors who want to see the crash site, and some hope to find remains of the UFO. So. That shit is crazy. Yeah, that's the most popular 
yeah. popular UFO crash. They've done shows about it. Oh, plenty of plenty <laughs> American of Horror shows. Story. That show is crazy. Yeah. I think it was kind of weird how they did that. Yeah. Part of that uh, season. I like the Ancient Aliens episode, yeah. and I, ugh, I just love it all, but... Yeah. It's crazy. Like, what do you believe? I think this? it's real. I mean, yeah. if there's there are so many people involved with this crash, mm-hmm. there are so many witnesses. The material is still going around, supposedly. Um, there's almost like this big cult about yeah. it. Just this one crash bunch site. Bunch of followers. Of bunch it. of followers and believers yeah. that hate it. It was like almost like a biblical thing that happened in that culture. Yeah, and it's hard for me to think that like that many people would lie about it, you know, like and fake having wreckage and stuff like that and telling their kids and their family and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, I believe it happened too, but let us jump into our third and final location. We are discussing Kingman, Arizona. So this crash happened in 1953 and is the lesser known of the three but it still has many witnesses and stories of a government cover-up. This crash is one of several crashes where debris was supposedly collected, but it is definitely the most well-documented in the area. So in May of 1954, the crash happened, and soon a team of about 40 scientists or so were sent to the scene to investigate and collect evidence. Researcher Preston Dennett, who is the author of UFOs Over Arizona, A True History of Extraterrestrial Encounters in the Grand Canyon State, stated in his book that the object was described as metallic, 30 feet wide, and three and a half feet high, oval-shaped with portholes. <laughs> portholes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> portholes. Wow. So not portals, portholes. I wonder if they had. I wonder if they had toilets or bathrooms on on a UFO. Do, they, do aliens take a shit? Oh, <laughs> I was not expecting that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they were like wearing some kind of diaper thing in their suit. I don't know. Maybe they don't. <laughs> Maybe they just don't go to the bathroom. They're oh, far no. more advanced than we are. But. Um, so, you know, this metallic disc thing was like 30 feet wide and three and a half feet tall. And inside it were two to four. I don't know why there's such a gap there, but two to four, four foot tall <laughs> humanoids. And they were dead, according to most sources. Damn, what if it was a baby alien? Oh, yeah, the little ones. They're like, you're it's your turn. This is what you're you know, bred for. You're going down there. Man. But he also described them kind of like Huffman did in Cape Girardeau. Um, They had really large eyes and they were wearing metallic suits. Um, The object was soon picked up and relocated to either Area 51 or Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in the area. So Dennett would interview Arthur Stencil and Arthur would state in his book that after he took measurements and he investigated the crash site, the aircraft had to have hit the ground at speeds of 1,200 miles per hour. And this thing was not damaged at all. So... So the the aliens die? What? Yeah, how did they die? I guess like if you're going 1,200 miles an hour and you hit something... they were flying. Yeah, you're just going to smack yourself around and probably instantaneously passed but wow yeah he he said you know this is definitely not human made 
The object was not built by anything that we know about on the earth. So that's what Stencil said. And he also quoted, this is a quote from him, that it was more like a teardrop-shaped cigar, like a streamlined cigar, wow. than it was in um, disc. So yeah. that's so, crazy. Yeah. Now, they also had a metallurgist, Leonard Stringfield. How about that word? Metallurgist. 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 <laughs> also was on scene. So he was on the scene after spending two days analyzing the craft and the materials he confirmed Stencil's account. So these guys were obviously being very diligent, making sure this, that this was out of space, out of this yeah. world. Um, the object was not constructed on Earth. Stencil would recount that the government had set up a tent next to the craft, and he was able to peek inside. <laughs> He's peeking around. <laughs> and um, he would go on to say that there were four human-like bodies, about four feet tall, in metallic suits, and they had brown skin. Damn. Yeah, so these ones weren't gray. They were brown. I'm brown. So, <laughs> you are, in fact. You're caramel. I'm an alien. You're not an alien. I'm going to go pull out my metal suit real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so the public was obviously not informed of the crash, and it was actually covered up for years until the book Behind the Flying Saucers was published. And this book, author Frank Scully Old Frank Scully. <laughs> he states that many researchers found witnesses and the stories really started circulating. Military personnel would come forward with stories of creatures being collected and packed in dry ice. Although all these accounts are documented unless government decides, uh, government, the government decides to open the case files to the public. Speculations and conspiracy theories will continue. So that's, that's basically it. I mean... What do you think? I think that, you know, this one they is had also something. hard to find a lot about. Um, I wish that I have a friend from Arizona, but they had never heard of this. and I haven't heard know, of it. Yeah, they didn't I know even where Kingman was. So I couldn't get much help there. But my question know. is, though, why are they hiding it? Like, why not just tell the public? Who cares? If Think about it. If they would have told the public yeah. back in the 40s when it first happened. People wouldn't be worried about it right now. We would have already known that, hey, there are aliens out there. I agree. And it would have been around for almost, you know, a long time by now. We would have been used to it. Yeah, it's wild to think that they've been maybe watching us just like low key or the government knows for sure that they exist and they either have a pact with them to study each other. Or the government oh, yes. knows, and if they reveal everything that they know to us, we will lose our minds. Like, but that, we will yeah, that's my riot. point. You know, if they would have done it back then, we would have been used to it. Like, who knows how far more advanced we could have been if the whole world, the Earth, knew if aliens existed, you know? Yeah, I it, it would be absolutely crazy to think that that would be, you know something that's really going on it's hard for us to sit here like we can sit here and talk about it and say hey we think it's real but imagine seeing it with your own eyes yeah can you even fathom what you, that what do you think about the theory of uh um like those fbi agents that look like alien or Liz oh Reptil the black men Reptil in black or whatever the men in black and yeah. mark, mark zuckerberg look looking like an alien how he's like a robot or whatever. Well, he, yeah, he's like super sketchy. There's so many videos of like celebrities and famous people like 
their movements are really like animatronic like oh the royal family one that video yes, of the royal Meghan family markle and Dude, oh she that was prince creepy. harry looked real but she looked like and the the um prince william and his wife behind they all them, looked fake to me they look like bobbleheads man that was wild that was i weird. i don't know if are they aliens are they robots are they what are we part of the um simulation theory like what who knows i wish that we would just have more transparency with the government about yep. things i know that you guys supposedly are trying to protect us and keep us safe and all this stuff but like when you are the elite of the world and you have all this insider knowledge that is not that's doing us a disservice if anything yeah you know it's it's just they want to keep everyone on their toes in this conspiracy thing like you know if they tell us there would be no conspiracy that's true you know yeah that is true so now you know that basically brings us to the end of this episode you guys we hope that this episode left you wondering whether you believe in aliens or not i know i do i do i'm ready to meet them maybe watch some football with them oh my god they probably don't even care about sports they're probably so advanced there's like not even any competition they probably have sports you think yeah interstellar racing everyone plays football (laughs) (laughs) but please be sure to share your beliefs in the comment section on facebook if you're not on facebook Follow us on Facebook because yeah. we be doing giveaways sometimes. Yes, and yo. we talk to people. We like have these posts where we have you guess what you think the next episode's gonna be based off the yeah. picture that we post. We're not gonna tell you. We're gonna maybe give you some hints, but we're never gonna tell you what it's about until you yeah. join in. So Facebook is a, a pretty good place to connect yeah. with us because we're we're talking to you guys a lot on there. And Insta, um, also yeah. Instagram. We're on TikTok and Twitter. At the Less and Mo Show. Be sure to like this video if you're on YouTube and subscribe to our channel. If you're on Spotify, give this podcast a rating and follow us. We will see you guys next week. We always appreciate you guys too. And um, one thing I wanted to add in here too. We want you guys to start sending us questions that you have for us. Because eventually we're going to do later in the season, we're going to do a Q&A part yes. of an episode so we're going to talk about a smaller story but then we're going to do a Q&A at the end so we really want you guys to send us your questions it can be anything we'll answer pretty much anything so send those in through our social media platforms and we will go ahead and answer those for you later in the season the, the more you know, know the, the less, less you fear, fear. So, so tune in next week, week right, right back, back here, here.